Hello, everyone, and welcome to our first full episode of My Hero Therapy. Yay! So I, uh, just to remind you all, uh, I am Benjamin Tights, registered psychological associate, but for this podcast, you can call me the empathic hero, Pathos. And I am Dr. Nicole Hassler. I am a licensed clinical psychologist out of Buffalo, New York. Go Bills. But for the per- Go Bills. <laughs> for the purpose of this podcast, I am known as the intuitive hero, Psyche. Keep in mind, this podcast is for educational purposes only. While we are both therapists, we are not your therapists, unless we are your therapists. So today, everyone, we are talking about episode one from season one, Izuku Midoriya Origin. I'm so excited. I am too. I rewatched this episode before we recorded, um, I may have then just kept watching and watching and watching. So, uh, yeah, I can't stop. Like, once I start watching My Hero Academia, it just keeps going until something else in the world stops me. Because we have to know, from, we have yeah. to know what happens. Yeah, exactly. And that's why this show actually really does a really good job of that. Like, it's not quite cliffhangers, but it definitely still teases you. So as we're entering into this new world of My Hero Academia, just uh, a quick synopsis for our listeners. Maybe we have some listeners who haven't seen it and are using this as a chance to get into it. I welcome you. Uh, So in the world of My Hero Academia, it is based off of the quote-unquote real world, uh, but about 80% of the population has some kind of mutation, superpower that they call a uh, I mean, I'm very quirky, so. <laughs> so, uh, in the kind of background of this story, it all started with a baby in China who shined really brightly. And that scene with his dad, <laughs> like, freaking out, I love that scene. And so, they say the, the narrator of the of the episode is our main character, Izuku. Also, I just like his name, Izuku, because it's... Isaac, and that's my brother's name. So um, so this is a world where because everybody has some kind of superpower, there exists villains and heroes. But the heroes here are different than we normally think of heroes, aren't they, Psyche? What, what can you tell us about the heroes of this world? The heroes of this world, it, it's a profession. You know, when we, when we traditionally think of heroes, you know, from a comic book sense or in a manga sense, it, it's almost like it was a calling to them. You know, something happened to propel them forward to want to go out and do good in the world. But in the world of My Hero Academia, it's become a profession, almost like a celebrity status to, to be a hero. Uh, there's not really that tragic backstory that we get with a traditional hero's journey. Uh, so it, it breaks the mold a little bit. Yeah, it does. It, it almost, the, the celebrity status of it kind of reminds me of the show The Boys, yeah. uh, which is another one that you and I really love. Yes. Um, because they're, similarly, these are people that gain their powers and they're like, oh, okay, I'll go be a hero celebrity and have all these followers on social media and, and everything like that. Um, but now that we have this background of this unique world where there are heroes that are doing it for celebrity, 
But there are still villains that probably, as we will see down the line, have very similar reasons to being a villain as other villains in media. Uh, but we'll get to the villains, or as I like to call them, the miscast heroes, later on. Um, but talk to us, Psyche, about our main character, how, what, the first scene. What's going on here? So we, we, we get a flashback scene here um, in the beginning where Izuku is a small boy and he's protecting another boy that is being bullied by one of the other characters of the show, uh, Katsuki Bakugo, who we'll get into, I'm sure, much later in the show. Um, so much to say about young Bakugo. Um, but Izuku, what we learn about him is he doesn't have a quirk. He was one of the 20% that's born without a quirk. And regardless of this fact, he's still defending this boy against these three other individuals, one of which being Bakugo, who has this, he makes explosions from his hands. I mean, it's just crazy to me. This quirkless boy is standing and protecting this other person from a guy who can literally create explosions on his hands. As it pans out, Deku's also known as Deku. Uh, Azuku is known as Deku, which is apparently an insult that Bakugo has bestowed upon him. Uh, he defends the boy uh, and winds up taking the brunt of it. There was a, uh, a couple quotes in that scene that really stood out to me. I almost called him Kachan because that's what Deku calls him. Uh, so Bakugo's nickname from, from Deku is Kachan, which... Um, Sounds more like a term of endearment, mm-hmm. which makes me kind of think that they have a relationship with each other um, beyond a bully and victim, which is very interesting. Um, but uh, Bakugo is is basically berating Izuku and saying, even though you are quirkless, you're pretending to be a hero. You don't stand a chance without a quirk, Deku. <laughs> And apparently Deku, this name that uh, Bakugo calls Izuku, it means, quote, nothing. So he's literally telling Izuku, you are nothing because you don't have this quirk, because you are different. And um, speaking for myself here, to see the scene of the of the bullying, it really kind of hit me. Uh, I, uh, while I was not physically bullied growing up, I did experience bullying, um, social bullying, uh, I didn't have a lot of friends uh, growing up. It was very difficult for me to make friends. And so to see this really just kind of like pulled at my heartstrings a bit. Um, but it really shows Izuku's, you know, core values mm-hmm. where he still tries to protect this other boy, even knowing he has no chance of victory, even knowing he has no way of fighting back. He's going because it's Right. And he even says it, you know, if you do this, I'll not forgive you. Yeah. So uh, it, it really is a very poignant opening to this to this story of learning to be a hero from a boy who probably most desperately wants to be a hero in the sense that we want to be heroes. And one of the other things I noticed about this scene too, and coming from my perspective too, I was also, I experienced a lot of social bullying in school as well. And this is why I would say... In the beginning of my my Hero Academia journey, I really dislike Bakugo uh, very, very much because of the way that he treats Izuku and it just feels like he's above everybody. Um, and we learn later on down the road, there's a purpose to all of this, you know, and now Bakugo is one of my favorite characters. But in this moment, 
Mm -mm, Not one of my favorites. Um, But we also see a lot of themes of resilience from Izuku here. Um, Some quotes that he said, you know, being born without a quirk, it pushed me to do better. Um, And just because I don't have a quirk, it's not going to stop me. Um, So regardless of all of this bullying that he's experiencing and being told that you're not going to be able to be anything, you're nothing, he doesn't let it stop him. And I think that that's a really beautiful thing. Uh, In fact, it drives him um, to still try to be a hero and everything. And we see in the kind of in the next scene um, where we see an older Izuku kind of probably, well, we know he's in in junior high school, so he's a middle school age student. Um, He's rushing to watch the scene of a villain battling some heroes. Um, And you see this is, again, it's a celebrity sport, basically. It's a spectator sport in this world because it's just so proliferated with heroes that none of the bystanders, like, care that there's possible damage they're just like, oh, yeah, look at the heroes go. And well, in Izuku. Fact, in fact, too, and I don't mean to cut you off, but there's there's this one scene where the guy's on the phone with his work and he's like, oh, I'm going to be late again because there's a holding up trip. Because there's another <laughs> villain. Yeah. Like, it just is part of the normal everyday life for these people, um, which really says a lot about when you are, oh, when you're constantly exposed to something, you're oversaturated with it, uh, you become desensitized to it. Um, and here, villainy or just crime is so desensitized for them that it becomes something to spectate. But uh, people do clearly admire the heroes. They're cheering them on. They're, they're saying, oh, yeah, look, it's that hero. He's so cool. Oh, this is her debut. Like, she's a new hero. Um, and Izuku, he's shown to be very inquisitive. He's very eager. He's very observant. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has this little notebook um, that says hero analysis for the future number 13, which first of all implies that he's had at least 12 other notebooks that were decently sized like notebooks. Like if you think about the notebooks that we use in school for class, like those are pretty thick. Um, and he's got one of those um, and he's writing down notes and analyzing okay, well, this guy has this ability and he, with it, he could do X, Y, and Z, and, but there's these weaknesses and there's these strengths and he's muttering to himself, which is like another thing that I love about Izuku is his mutters. The little mutters. Um, the way that they show it and everyone around him is like, what are you saying? What? But it shows that despite Izuku's being bullied as a child and him not having power, he still very much admires what heroes mean to the world. Um, and he's very, very smart. Like he recognizes things that are going on and he's taking notes because he's trying to prepare. And this is where I see a real superpower that we can then relate to the real world. Um, is this, for want of a better word, nerdiness. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in the real world, Nerds and geeks, people who have this really intense passion for certain subjects, uh, who know a lot about their interested subject, have been derided, have been bullied, have been kind of set aside by society. Like, you know, there's this stigma. Oh, the geek, you know, lives in his mother's basement or or whatever. Um, He doesn't have any friends or, you know, no girl will go near him. Um, But 
if you think about it, their extreme knowledge about the subject is a strength. It means that they have critical thinking abilities, uh, but they just need to be motivated to use them. Um, and so this is where I'm taking our first kind of into the real world superpower because we do have superpowers in the world world. We can't shoot lasers and, you know, have tree branches coming out of us like the hero that we see there, um, Kamui Woods, who is really cool, by the way. Yeah. He looks cool. Um, but we can be very passionate about our interests. I mean, both of us are, are very geeky. Uh, like you ask me questions about My Hero Academia or Star Trek or Harry Potter, and um, you best prepare for a PowerPoint presentation because I will go on forever. And and the thing about uh, Izuku as well is like I, I've often said, and at the risk of like throwing out diagnoses and whatnot, I feel like he's got a touch of ADHD. Just the way that he is, and in, in, in part of ADHD is having these hyperfixations, which I feel are like a superpower in and of themselves mm-hmm. because. You know, I know a lot of times when we think about ADHD, we think it's that we can't pay attention, we can't focus, but a lot of times there is just like this hyperfixation, and he is so hyperfixated on the heroes and learning their abilities and seeing how they use them and how they move, which comes in so handy for him down the line. Um, yeah. And so he, he's the, the level of research that he does, and, and even when we see Mount Lady enter the picture in this scene, the first time she's there and makes her DPU and I, the things that I could say about Mount (laughs) Lady, I I just (laughs) bit much for my taste, but whatever the case may be, like he immediately goes to like, Oh, okay. Like now I have to analyze this and figure Mm -hmm. out like, you know, how she, how her power works and how, how she becomes gigantic and later on that he's, he's analyzing it when he gets to school. Yeah. Well, and, and we see that uh, this hyperfixation, um, and again, speaking of someone with ADHD, it's, it's real. Um, you know, I, I think it's not that people with ADHD can't focus. It's that a lot of times the things that we need to focus on, it's very difficult because they don't pique our interests. Uh, like for me in school, the hardest times for me to focus in class was with math and science um, because I just always had a difficulty understanding it. And so because I couldn't understand it, I didn't want to pay attention to it. But uh, reading time, I loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, history class, I was actually very interested in. Um, so things that were interesting, I would be very in. And, and same thing with my geeky interests. Um, like I will spend the time watching my hero academia instead of writing my dissertation, uh, <laughs> which ironically is on geek therapy, which is something of an interest of mine, but you know, writing. Um, but we also see that it, he does kind of get carried away here. Like the people around him are like having to move out of the way. And he's like <laughs> going closer, like, dude, you have no awareness of your danger. So- um, and that comes up later on in yeah. the show as well. Um, but yeah, his, his analytical nature, uh, his hyperfixation on figuring out what is this quirk? What are its potential limits? Where are the situations which is useful? And he identified it right away. Oh, she probably has a maximum height of this. And okay, it's really good for these environments, but not so good with these environments. The cause is not going to be good for, you know, in these close quarters. Yeah, absolutely. 
So um, this uh, scene changes, and um, uh, Izuku is in school, uh, and we are reintroduced to Bakugo. Um, and just to piss him off, I'm going to call him Kachan. Um, <laughs> Kachan Bakugo is shown to be still, he's still very much shown to be the bully. Uh, he's very arrogant. He's very dismissive of other people. Uh, like it's a class where everybody wants to be a hero. Like the teacher is saying, okay, like you're taking your, you know, applications to different high schools. Um, but I don't need to ask you guys where you all want to do for, for your careers. You all want to be heroes, don't you? And everyone is cheering and showing off their powers, including the one weird guy whose eyeballs came yeah. out. Like, yeah, that's just a little creepy, but okay. But yeah, everybody wants to be a hero. And Bakugo, what does he call them? Damn extras. Extras. Because in his mind, he's the, the main character. He's the center of the story. He's the important one. And everyone else is extras. Um, and it really shows a lot about his worldview. Now, again, it's very easy at this onset of our introduction to Bakugo to be dismissive of him. And to just look down on him as being a, a, a bad person. One thing that I'm curious about that we will probably get to later for sure is why? What drives Bakugo um, to be this way? Why does he have to look down on other people to build himself up? That is a theme that will come up later, dear listeners. So have no fear. I am here. I am here. Yes. No, we will definitely dive into that uh, at some point because... everything going back and watching my hero now having finished the series and seeing these scenes and remembering why I didn't like Bakugo so much it all makes sense now and to the point where I can watch these episodes and still cringe slightly but also understand that there's something more to this Um, but I do remember when I first watched this episode being like why what are you compensating for what is going on here what is with this ego that you have um and he even says it at, at one point um, in the episodes where he's like, it's, this is not just ego talking. I'm just that good. And yeah. No, that's called ego, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's literally the definition that's of ego. Definition of- um, well, he actually says, uh, he gives us a glimpse um, into it. Bakugo is still also kind of trying to want to get some kind of acknowledgement from the world. Um, he's saying he wants to be known as the only student from this specific middle school to make it into UA, which is known to be like the Hogwarts of, of hero students. It's, it is the number one hero academy. Um, and he, so he wants to be unique. In a world where everybody has powers, he wants to stand out. And he says, it, I'm a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there are people in the real world that are also perfectionistic about things that they do um, and that they really do try to stand out and, be known for something. But I think it's really interesting is that when he's bullying Izuku here in this uh, scene, he literally has beaten Izuku to the ground and burnt his notebook, which that was the worst of his crimes. Oh, I, I think the the little dig that he gives to Izuku before he leaves the classroom was probably oh, one of his crimes in mind. We will, we will get to that. Um, but... That 
Well, actually, but the burning of the notebook affected Izuku so much more, I think. But he basically, so he burned the notebook and he's basically like, why do you think that you can stand in the same ring as me? Uh, you're nothing again. And Izuku is saying that, like, you know, even though I don't have a power, like, I still want to try. Like, there's nothing wrong with me still trying to be the person I want to be. Which, again, says so much about Izuku, his values, uh, what drives him, that he's not letting these setbacks affect him. These are, you know, his resiliencies. But uh, Bakugo mocks it, and he actively tells Izuku, don't pursue your dream. Mm-hmm. Go and do some other thing. And the look on Izuku's face was one of, like, heartbreak mm-hmm. because we, we we know from this these episodes that uh, Izuku and Bakugo were friends uh, when they were children before Bakugo got his quirk before all this started and I think and, and we do see in later episodes and other flashbacks and all sorts of things that Izuku always looked up to Bakugo. Bakugo was the cool kid and Izuku was the nerdy kid and so to have this person who he still counts as a friend, even though he bullies him, which, again, is a strength of Izuku that he is able to see the best in people. Um, but this person he looked up to, telling him, no, like, stop, is really hurting him. And then, of course, there's that dig at the end of the scene uh, where Bakugo says, hey, why don't you jump off the roof? And then maybe in the next live, you'll have a quirk. <laughs> You know, if you really want to be a hero that badly, there actually might be another way. Just pray that you'll be born with a quirk in your next life and take a swan dive off the roof of the building. (laughs) Something wrong. That idiot. You can't go around telling people to kill themselves. What if I really jumped? What would he do then? Um, which he... As Izuku said... That's incitement to, to suicide, which is a crime. Um, but Izuku, the way I read that scene was that Izuku wasn't so upset that Bakugo told him to kill himself. He was upset because if Bakugo got caught committing a crime, then he couldn't be a hero. He was still worried for Bakugo, even though Bakugo literally just told him to kill himself. Yeah, I thought that that was interesting, too, because, you know, he says it. He's like, what if I would have actually done it? You know, yeah. And it's like, even even in these moments, he's still so caring about other people and not so much about himself, which we know further on is like a, a trademark, a Zuku trait, um, mm-hmm. always thinking about others and not thinking about himself. Um, but it just, you know, it's such a such a horrible dig that, you know, and Bakugo's part that, you know, yeah, burning the notebook, that was pretty bad. And obviously all the hard work that Izuku has put into all of that just to have him, you know, burn it and then throw it in this pond where it's being eaten by fishes and all that kind of stuff. But then to to just follow it up and just dig that knife in a little bit further, you know, this this boy considers you a friend. And, you know, to say something like that, like just how heartbreaking that has to be. It really uh, was heartbreaking for me, Um but uh, I, I think we see a little bit more in, there's another flashback that comes in where we see little Izuku again, uh, adorable little baby Izuku, who literally was a fucking like, 
headbanger. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry if I just cursed. Also, um, you know, a disclaimer: this podcast will have cursing. Um, we're gonna. So, we're sorry. Yeah, sorry in advance uh, and retroactive for my cursing. But um, little headbanger uh, Izuku has all these dolls and posters of the number one hero, All Might. Um, and he's asking his mom to set up this video for him, which after it seems like probably like countless times, his mom is just like, oh, again, you're going to watch this again? Like, okay. Um, and you see little Izuku bouncing back and mm-hmm. forth, a little headbanger. Um, he's clearly in awe of All Might, and he's saying to his mom, I want to be like All Might. Um, and, you know, then we see him with his mom at the doctor's office, and the doctor is telling him, nope, give up, give up. You're, you don't have a quirk, uh, so you're never going to be a hero. At age four. Mm-hmm. So this is before the first scene of the episode where he was bullied by Bakugo. This is age four. He's told by an authority figure, a doctor, um, who actually we will see later on in the series is not so... Uh, Ethical of a doctor. Um, medical ethics is a, another topic that we will talk about later. Um, but for a four-year-old who admires All Might, who wants to save people and, and do it all with a smile on his face. And we see him back home with his mom. Um, and he's crying. And he's asking his mom, he's pleading with his mom, can I still be a hero? And all his mom says is, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Izuku. Sorry, kid. It's not going to happen. Do you think I can be a hero, too? I'm sorry, Izuku. I wish things were different. This scene broke me so much because I remember watching it for the first time. And before he even said this line, I was like, that was not the right thing to say in that moment. And and Izuku follows it up and he does say, mom, that's not what I needed you to say. And even if it wasn't true, even if there was no possibility of him being a hero because he didn't have a quirk, like as a mother. Now, I'm not a mother. Full disclaimer, I'm not a mother unless you count dogs. Uh, (laughs) But I count them. I've met your kids. They're adorable. They are. And they're healthy. Um, but it just to say I'm sorry and that be and that be it. He was he was struggling, he was crying, his dream was shattered, and all he got was one more person telling him it's not gonna happen. One more person that he feels didn't believe in him. And he even says at one point, I don't remember if it was in this scene or if it was a little bit later where he says, I have to believe in myself. Mm -hmm. Almost as if he's saying nobody else believes in me, so I have to believe in myself. And and to bring us back into the real world a bit, uh, and again, disclaimer, I'm not a parent either, um, but, uh, you know, I've worked with parents um, in the course of my career. um, And, you know, I... did kind of one thing that I think here that's important for parents to kind of take into consideration. If you have a child who has these interests, uh, who is very passionate about things because um, research has actually shown that um, 
people who identify as geeks, people who have these special interests, they are already going to be kind of ostracized by society, but it starts at home. Mm-hmm. Parents have the chance to set up that resiliency for their kids by encouraging, by acknowledging, by validating their interests. Um, now, I'm not saying that his mom needed to say, yes, of course, you can be like All Might. But maybe she could have said, you know what? There's a lot of different kinds of heroes in the world. You're still my hero mm-hmm. or something like that, right? You know, I think that's one thing that um, if any of our listeners are parents uh, who have children who are interested in My Hero Academia or any other show or fandom, um, validate it. You know what? This is your interest. This is your power. Um, and there's a lot of different ways that we can make a difference in the world. Um, it doesn't always have to be in this way that is most popular in society. I mean, if we think about it, even just the fact that nowadays these superhero movies are so popular when they weren't, they didn't used to be. Nope. Um, I mean, now comic cons uh, are so massive that, you know, they, you know, the Marvel studios, DC studios are the most popular things. Disney mm-hmm. is so popular. But it didn't used to be, you know, when Walt Disney started, you know, Disney and everything. And I have issues with Walt Disney uh, for political views, which we're not going to get into. Um, But he was also told like, oh, no, no one's going to like these things. And now look at how popular Disney is. So um, I think for Izuku's mom to just say, I'm sorry. You're right. It it, it showed uh, Izuku that if he wants to have his dream, he has to believe in himself, which again is his resilience that he gained at age four. Yeah. That's a really young age to develop that. Um, Cause it could have went a completely different way. Um, as we see in many of these like hero journey type stories, like almost kind of could have been a setup to a villain origin story in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because he's being told by society that he's not good enough. Which we'll actually see that theme come up um, a lot. later with one of our favorite miscast heroes. Uh, <laughs> so let's move forward here because then we see Izuku walking through this tunnel. He's just remembering that the flashback that we just saw, and he's getting he's putting his determination up, and he's like, "You know what? I'm not going to care about other people's opinions. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I'm going to laugh like all night." Yeah. He's walking into this tunnel. And he's Ha 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 And then he gets attacked by a slime villain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as as, as would be expected. Yes, as happens. Um, and so this, this villain is trying to take over his body in a very gross way. Um, and he's rescued by none other than All Might. Than All Might. The person he admires the most. And just like any one of us who come face to face with our favorite celebrities, um, he is reduced to a gibbering mess. Um, I, uh, I've experienced that. I did not go gibbering mess, but it, I very nearly did. I had the opportunity. Um, it was earlier this year. So I'm a member of this Star Trek uh, costuming fan group called Star Trek The Fleet. And we were volunteering at a uh, space exploration event at the California Science Center in LA that had a lot of celebrities from different sci-fi shows and NASA celebrities and stuff like that. 
and my job as a volunteer was to like be a handler for the celebrities. I didn't know that they'd be like real TV celebrities, but they were a lot of Star Trek actors. And I am a big Trekkie. I like, I'm a huge Trekkie. Um, and I walk in, I'm being led to the person that I'm supposed to handle for the day. And it's Doug Jones, uh, who plays Captain Saru in Star Trek Discovery, everybody. He's played so many other things. He was in Hellboy, What Do We Do in the Shadows, uh, Pan's Labyrinth. He's one of the most amazing actors ever. And I, like, froze for a second. I was like, oh, my God, Doug Jones. And then, you know, all these other actors who I greatly admire for their work. Um, and I had to put on what I call my therapist face. Uh, because yeah. otherwise I would have been like Izuku. I would have been a gibbering mess. I had a similar experience. Uh, last year, I went up to a uh, Comic-Con up in Toronto, and I had purchased a photo opportunity with the one and only Jamie Campbell Bauer. Uh, for those of you who do not know who Jamie Campbell Bauer is, I first and foremost, I have a massive crush on Jamie Campbell Bauer. Um, so if you're <laughs> listening to this, if you're listening to this, Jamie. <laughs> um, but cool. anyway, anyway, um, so I, for those of you that don't know who he is, he played Vecna in Stranger Things. Um, he's he's also been in Sweeney Todd. He was in Mortal Instruments. Um, he's he's he was a phenomenal. In Harry Potter too. He was in Harry Potter for a brief second. Very brief moment. Um, he was in Twilight now. as well. Um, for any of my Twilight fans out there, and he's a very talented musician. Um, and I only had like two seconds really to talk to him, and in that time, I'm sure I just kind of word vomited. Um. But he was really cool about it. He was very, very cool. But I remember after I had gotten done, like my body was shaking so much because I had to try to keep it together so much and not seem so crazy. But yeah, it was a good time. Okay, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, people say never meet your heroes. You know, go meet your heroes. Yeah. Maybe don't word vomit all over them. Um, <laughs> just a word of advice. Um but, you know, so All Might, save, All Might saves him and, you know, just very easily just cleans up the mess. Izuku is, like, starstruck at being in close proximity. And then All Might is, like, about to kind of jump up and away. And Izuku is like, oh, no, wait, please, like, don't leave. I have things I want to ask you. Uh, and Izuku does stupid thing number one, grabs on to All Might as he's blasting off. Um, like Team Rocket does, <laughs> but much cooler. Um, and, and you can see in the scene, it was my favorite scene of this episode. Um, he's flying through the air and Izuku's face is just like rippling and all sorts of things. Um, and he's literally trying to say, I have to ask you a question. So All Might lands and he's basically telling Izuku off, like, don't do that. That's dangerous. Uh, so again, Izuku gets carried away with his interest and his nerdiness and is not aware of the danger around him. That's like the second time this has happened to him. So, uh, but I noticed something here, mm -hmm. uh, which was, uh, so All Might turns around, doesn't face Izuku because he's bleeding. Yes. He's bleeding from his mouth a little bit. Mm -hmm. So some kind of injury happened in the brief moment that he was fighting the villain, maybe? We'll find out. Uh, but Izuku is desperate. Absolutely desperate. He's on the floor. 
begging uh, All Might to just acknowledge his dreams. I'm a normal kid without any powers. Could I ever hope to be someone like you? And then it cuts. <laughs> Possibly the, the worst uh, moment to cut a scene, but, you know, that's actually why we do it, because then I just went straight into the next episode. Um, of course, because, again, you want to know what All Might's answer is going to be to that. Yeah. But one of the things, I wanted to go back to the bleeding, um, mm-hmm. because, you know, we noticed that he lets out a little bit of a curse word in that in that time, too, almost as if he's aware of something that yeah. the audience yeah. is not necessarily aware of. But what I kind of well, like... that doesn't about, happen on TV. What are you I know, about? I know. <laughs> um, but what I liked about that is, you know, from the very first time that we're introduced to All Might. He is the number one hero. He is the greatest of all time. Like, he's so well-respected and just idolized, not even just by Azuka, but but by everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. Even when you see him in the street, everybody's like, oh my god, it's All Might, it's All Might. Um, And even the villain was scared of him, you know, Mm -hmm. and he says, I didn't know he was here. Um, But seeing him bleed, it's like, so there's a weakness. There's some vulnerability that even the greatest hero in all of Japan has a weakness. And it's, and you know, it kind of leaves you curious, like, what happened? Mm -hmm. And why is he so worried about it? Yeah. Um, That's a theme that will definitely come up in the next episode. But um, I wanted us to kind of revisit a couple of themes that we saw in this episode, the, the first theme that I, I think is very important is about self-esteem mm-hmm. um, and identity and social expectations. Um, because Izuku, again, you know, his origin story, which this episode is, um, is one of society telling him no. And he just wants to believe in himself. And he wants other people to believe in him. So, so uh, Psyche, you work professionally with children and adolescents who are probably very similar age to Izuku here in this episode. Mm-hmm. What kind of do you see with this? How can we encourage children and adolescents today to kind of find their identity yeah, that's a, it's difficult um, because especially nowadays, like bullying is so rampant. And, and so that's why I like the theme of the bullying. In, I don't like bullying, but the theme in the, in the episode, because bullying nowadays, it's, it's so hard to escape because there's so many different avenues to travel down now. You have social media and it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, but being able to build and, and building up that resilience, it, it becomes very, very hard. So a lot of times, especially with um, my kiddos that do have a lot of geeky interests, because as a geek therapist, that's who I attract. I, I try to encourage them to find their people, you know, the people that share those similar interests to them, those people that understand um, joining groups and clubs of shared interests. Um and again, I, I wanted to go back to something you said when it comes to parents. Like, I tell parents all the time, too, like, you may not understand the interest, and that's okay. Nobody's asking you to understand it, per se, because I get a lot of kids that come in, and they'll tell me about their interest, and I don't know anything about it. But that's cool, because they're the expert, not me. You know, they're the expert in their fandom. So I always say, ask questions, 
just ask questions, get to know what it is about this particular avenue that they really enjoy and maybe try to engage in it with them a little bit. Um, I've had a few kids that I've started on My Hero Academia um, just because of some of the great themes in it. And I will have parents watch it with the kids to kind of understand, like, okay, like, I I get it. Um, And so identity development and finding your identity, I always say, is always about kind of trying to find your people and surrounding yourself with the people that get you and understand you and aren't going to make you feel like... Yeah, different, you know, make you feel like, and not even like, like difference, a bad thing, difference, okay, because who wants to be the same as everybody else? You know, we don't want to fit into this mold, this construct, when you set, when you step outside of that, the world becomes a much bigger place. Mm -hmm. Um, The way you kind of were talking about the, the, you know, the child is the expert in their fandom. It reminds me of when I first was introduced to geek therapy or superhero therapy um, from the the real world all night in this field. Uh, Dr. Janina Scarlett, shout out to her. Um, That's actually how Nicole and I met, by the way, is through her. Um, But when I first met her, um, she was doing a a training down in San Diego um, about superhero therapy. Um, and I, uh, had gotten permission from my work to, for me to go, like they paid for me to go. Um, even though like our clients at the time were not children, I was working in a psych hospital with adults, but like my supervisor was really cool and recognized that this is still something unique and could be applied. So, uh, they paid for me to go to this training down in San Diego. I, I drove down early. Um, I live an hour away from San Diego for our listeners who are in this area, um, but uh, I, one story that Dr. Scarlett told was she was teaching a, a graduate school class um, and she had a student that was, you know, so for people who don't know how we as therapists learn is we learn by doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while we're in, in grad school, we have to work. We have to do internships and practicums. So Janina was telling a story of one of her students that was doing a, a therapy with this girl who has had a lot of trauma, a lot of abandonment, all sorts of things. Dr. Scarlett was encouraging her students, you know what, just ask who, what this uh, client likes to watch, what are the, who's their favorite TV show, character, all those sorts of things, right? So uh, the, the student asked the client, you know, what, what do you like? Uh, and she's like, oh, I like Marvel. Oh, okay, I've heard of Marvel. Now I'm going to say here, because this is part of the story that Dr. Scarlett told, was that this student was not from America. He uh, was an international student uh, from, I forgot where. So he did not know a lot of the the popular American culture, but he'd heard of Marvel. Um, And so he asked his client, well, which character does she like? And she liked Ant-Man. Now, I like Ant-Man too, but (laughs) not my top choice. But the the student didn't know who Ant-Man was. He knows the main ones, Captain America, Thor, you know, that stuff. Uh, so he's like, okay, well, tell me about Ant-Man. Like, what does he do? And she's like, well, he can shrink really small so nobody can see him. And that was why she liked him. She had gone through life with everybody judging her. She just wants to not have to be seen like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we see that here in this show with Mikey Academia. Um, there's a lot of societal judgments. 
So for any of our listeners, you know, if there's a character that you admire, that you like, great. Mm-hmm. What about that character do you admire? Is there a, a, you know, do you see yourself in the character or do you see something that you would like to be? A, a, an ideal that you would like to kind of work towards and work towards it. And for parents to encourage that, for teachers to uh, to help uh, engage them in that, um, and for therapists to just listen and let them be the expert of their story. Um, but I think we can end it here, and we will be back next time for episode two, mm-hmm. uh, which is called What It Takes to Be a Hero. Um, where can uh, people find you, Psyche? Well, you can always find me on Instagram at levelup underscore therapist or on Twitter at levelup underscore therapy on my website at nextleveluptherapy.com. Or of course, you can find us at my hero therapy on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook too and Facebook. Yes, and you can find me uh, through this podcast, but also I do have another podcast uh, called Mental Health Quest, The Therapist's Office and Beyond, uh, where we talk about what is mental health and what does it look like and how to find help and what do the different treatments look like. Um, Our dear co-host Psyche was a guest on that uh, podcast, uh, so you'll listen to her again. Um, You can find that on Facebook and Twitter at MHQ Podcast. You can listen to it wherever podcasts are found. Um, if you have any questions for us about My Hero Academia that you'd like us to answer on show or just want to tell us who your favorite character is, please email us at myherotherapypodcast at gmail.com. Message us on the social medias. Um, come find us at Comic-Con. If you are in the great Buffalo area, uh, you can say hi to uh, Nicole um, and I have to say go Bills again. Go Bills. I've been inducted into the Bills Mafia by Nicole. Um, if you are in the uh, Southern California area, you can come say hi to me uh, at the local cons or just message me and we can get coffee or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I would be remiss if we did not thank our own hero support team. Thank you to Kyle Rebar, our audio editor for making our podcast sound really cool. Mm -hmm. And a huge thank you to All Mind Health for sponsoring the podcast as well. Shout out to Isaac Tights. Yes, uh, All Mind Health is our sponsor for this podcast. And no, it sounds like All Might. It it was planned that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I I converted my brother, Isaac, into My Hero Academia, and he created his business around it. Um, so if you live in California and you are seeking mental health services and you want to learn to be a hero in real life, then you can go to allmindhealth.com or find him on all the social medias at allmindhealth. Uh, he does do telehealth for all of California and in person in the Orange County area. Um, and I'd also like to thank our, um, our graphic designer, Ali, uh, or you can find her on social media at Wicked Encounters. Thank you for designing our super awesome logo. And of course, a huge thank you to all of you out there listening, future heroes. Uh, it was, it's been great. We enjoy doing this podcast for you guys. Uh, and we will see you all next time. In the meantime, remember, go beyond. Plus, Plus Ultra. Ultra.